So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake. I've done one intro. Shall we just meet back here in an hour? Yeah, nothing's going to happen. Matt, can you actually leave an hour of dead space on this? Where the fuck is Chica? Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the confusing pit lane exit rule of F1 podcasts. I was going to call it the white line rule, but it's not. it wasn't white in Monaco, it was yellow. Is that a thing? They're usually white, right? I think that's a sign. I think that's a code. Yellow means something. Piss. I was trying to be subtle, Phil. We've got a new person on the show. I didn't want to get straight into piss. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the usually tedious F1 podcast that gets much more interesting when wet. <laughs> Wait. I mean, honestly, lowered the tone straight away, Nushka. On it. This is, you know, this oh, is a classy so podcast. Is it yellow? <laughs> Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the F1 podcast that would also cry if we ever won anything. We are not likely to win anything. We did enter, we did enter some awards once and uh, didn't win. We did send a very large check off. <laughs> Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the F1 podcast that's been backing up other podcasts since 2015. We delight in, like Alonso, holding everyone back. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the F1 podcast that's been a staple for many years, but let's face it, it's boring now. I say, get rid of it. No, I don't think we should get rid of it because it's boring, because we've always been boring. You know, that's part of our appeal, is that we're boring. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the podcast F1 deserves. I'm Anushka Tate, the latest replacement Chica, the knockoff version. And for the next hour or so, you won't be able to get past me as we discuss the Monaco Grand Prix, which had some rain, a power cut, a lot of waiting around and an overtake. We'll talk about Ferrari's ongoing march towards self-destruction, Sergio Perez's tear-jerking triumph and Mick Schumacher's continuing destruction of the family name and there'll be beer and swearing as per usual that's all to come from somewhere over the internet is a man who's preparing the trip of a lifetime it's phil tromans yes it's the long jubilee bank holiday weekend coming up so i thought what better time to go on an epic trip now i've got a very small child who was born just before lockdown so i haven't actually done that much traveling with her but we're like let's let's go in big so on thursday we're packing up and we're going to birmingham wow (laughs) yeah that's right and what happens in birmingham going to go and see my sister I know it doesn't sound that impressive, but for somebody who hasn't really travelled with a toddler, this is a major logistical operation which has already been in planning for about 10 days. Not being a parent, I don't understand. Um, Don't you just put it in the car and just drive off? Well, no, apparently not. (laughs) Her, I mean, not it. It, it, her, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Apparently, no, there's more to it. You're like, you need a special seat, you need to take things for them, they need to... It's just like, you can't just go and then just do things whenever you want like previous holidays like, oh should we go and do this let's go up a mountain let's go to this bar no can't do that it's got naps bedtimes strong regimes you ever that been to be up a mountain or in a bar phil <laughs> on my normal holidays frequently sometimes both at the same time 
Does Birmingham have any mountains? Just it's the bull ring. Yeah. I was going to say it's just got that big bull, has it not? You could sure. climb that for Star a toddler. City. That's large. Yeah. To be fair. Yeah. Go to Star City. Yeah. Go to Villa Park. I was supposed to be going to Villa Park, but that's a different story. Is it a better story? And another man in another place, reading like it's going out of fashion. It's Terry Saunders. I've tried to better myself, and I've joined a book club, Ooh. and it's not going well. <laughs> because is it a German book club? It's not a German book club, luckily, but I'm definitely struggling with <laughs> having a deadline. It's a bit like being at school. So I've had two weeks to read a book that's like 500 pages, and I've got the book club tomorrow, and by yesterday I'd hit like page 50, and I'm a quick reader, I just can't be bothered. So <laughs> since, since yesterday morning, whilst working and doing other things, I've just been reading like a bastard. Like, I don't care what the, I don't care what the book's about. I just want to get to the end. So I've made it to page 350. Well, wow, that's not bad. This sounds a lot like when, on the occasional time when we've interviewed uh, motorsport writers who have a book out, and they send us the book and we have to read it, and we've usually got at least a month's notice. And then it comes time to record the interview with them, and we haven't read the book properly. Um, yes, and it's like, it, I'll start at the back. You go to the front. We'll meet in the middle. <laughs> it does. It, I think was it Morris Hamilton we had on a while back, and we 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 asked him about the first twenty years of Nicky Lauder's life, and then there wasn't much after that. Um, yeah. and so then tell we, me, tell <laughs> me about Nicky Lauder on about up until about page sixty. Yeah, then, he was a difficult toddler. Anushka. What have you been up to? Probably mostly posting shit hot fitness content on Instagram. That's what I spend most oh, same. of my life doing. Yeah, yeah, that's what I, we do. Yeah, yeah no, I, f- I feel like we need to get this out of the way quite early on if I'm potentially going to be around for a while. Do you guys know anything about CrossFit? I've heard of it. I, <laughs> right, I'm going to take those well, okay. wildly yes. blank faces. No, no I, no, I have heard about it, but very little of what I've heard about it has been favourable, so I fear there might be some tension coming up. Is it the same as HIT? HIT. I've done a HIT, hit class hit, and I hated it. HIT. Is that, is that your way of doing the double I in the middle there? Yeah, no, it's hit. So it's known as like the sport of fitness, so it's basically like weightlifting, gymnastics, functional movements, and that is what I'm doing if I'm not working or watching Formula One. Um, but yes, you are entirely right, Phil. I think I can probably become quite insufferable there is a reason that people get called crossfit wankers i uh, i was out the weekend and i honestly man get a drink in me and i will show anyone my biceps like someone will be having a perfectly nice conversation about you know oh i've just been re-landscaping my garden and i've got some beautiful peonies and i'll be like yeah sounds like a lot of physical labor you probably need someone with some large muscles to help you out there here are mine are you forever pointing out the way to the gun show Oh, yeah, yeah. But you know what? Genuinely, this plays into what I love about Formula One, because I think people don't realise what a physical sport it is. I was talking to Alan McNish, and he was saying that, like, for your body, it's like jogging for the duration of the entire race, right? And then the steering wheel, you've got 2 kg of weight. So imagine holding, like, a sugar bag in each hand and outstretched. I'm doing that right now. (laughs) Right, right. But, like, can you keep that up for two hours or whatever? That is vile. And then you're going around corners and you have to, like, physically hold your breath to stabilise everything. Because otherwise your lungs are going to be, like, fucking slamming against the side of your body. It's very impressive. I think we should give uh, drivers more credit for that. I've interviewed Alan McNish as well. Have you, Terry? Um, I haven't interviewed him or or met him. But I, I have heard of him. 
Now it's time for the frothy Facebook comments section that is Listener's Corner, which this week is extra spectacular, but might tear you in half if you get it wrong. Let's start with the race itself. Monaco is an oddity in F1 terms, a race that's been going for almost 100 years, has barely changed in that time and produces spectacular images of cars charging around city streets. But the cars can't overtake, so the race is always very boring. Or is it... De Gasman says, let's be real, the only reason this race was interesting in the slightest was because the announcers were enthusiastic and seemed excited about what would otherwise be considered ordinary professional racing. How many on-track passes actually happened? Two? Three? Matt Bruff says, cars have outgrown Monaco and it needs to go, surely. Impossible to overtake other than in pit stops, therefore a pointless race in my opinion. Matt Ward says, if that was supposed to be an exciting Monaco Grand Prix, I'll go back to skipping them. Dwayne Pipe says, it's raining outside. I'm going to use that as an excuse to not go to work now. If F1 can get away with it, then I can too. More power to you, Dwayne. Ernst here says, Monaco should become a qualifying event only. That's the only exciting bit. Just qualify, dish out some points and go home and not waste our Sundays ever again. That is a great idea. And I had a similar notion myself that, yes, Monaco qualifying, very interesting. Cars going through that 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 one shot through the swimming pool we all know which one it is where they go whoop, whoop, and they go through the swimming pool and it looks great <clears throat> brilliant and then the race starts and it's as dull as shit and it's the same every year uh but i say yeah do a one day like time trial get everyone in come up with some new funky system i don't know they can figure out what it is have them slam through as fast as they can give them extra incentive for driving as hard as they possibly can not needing to worry about crashing the car for the race because there is no race I don't know, half points maybe. You get all the razzmatazz, everybody's happy. I, well, the thing is, I, this isn't a bad idea because I think that if, they, if they're if they going to want 30-odd races a year, then they should be... It's, it gets boring to watch the same thing every week. So, yeah, they should have a Monaco where it's just like... They're just all going around on their own and it's a time trial thing and then they should have another race where... They will have to go backwards, and another race like Silverstone. Yeah. They will Surprise have to handicaps. stand. But yeah, they got to have bunting at Silverstone <laughs> for the Jubilee. Um, well, I mean, if, we've, if we're bringing in sprint races, why can't we do yeah, more random not? formats? Let's bring in a new format exactly. for Monaco. I mean, fuck it. Let's bring in new cars for Monaco. Let's bring in. I mean, something, something. You, you've got the flexibility now. You set the precedent that you can change things to make things more interesting. Let's make Monaco more interesting because it's dull. I, I understand the whole thing about the tradition and the history, and that's fine. I like that. It's been going since 1929. Brilliant, but it's so boring. It's so. Well, it boring. should be a bit more. It should be a bit more like it's a knockout. Like what <laughs> if they said, okay, Monaco, all the teams have got to make bikes. Yeah, and Princess <laughs> Margaret just has to drive. <laughs> And Prince Andrew, who's not allowed near the bars. <laughs> yes, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, but it was boring. I don't know. It was good when it, the, the rain this year added a bit of intrigue because people were all over the shop. People were crashing. At one point, we had all the different types of tyre on track at the same time, which was quite entertaining. And there were a couple of overtakes because whoever was on the wets and whoever was on the dry had completely different speeds. But then everybody, there was a red flag because somebody binned it. And then it was dry, and everyone's on brand new tyres, and I said at the time, this is now going to be boring as shit and nobody's going to be overtake. And so it was. 
And it's just and also so I feel like they, they weren't they weren't like they weren't like proper overtakes either. There were like a couple of changes of position, but they were just like who did a nice yeah. bit of accidental slippy sliding ran down the escape road rather than like actual uh, on track passes. You know, there was there Gasly did a couple, and I think maybe Latifi did one somehow, somehow, somehow. Um, but anyway, yes, there, there, there yes, were like two. And let's be honest, the fucking Monaco TV crew missed it anyway. So. Um, I don't know. I just. I mean, that should be another thing. If Monaco are allowed to bring their own TV crew, I want. You know how I don't think it's a thing anymore, but like maybe in the two thousands, you'd have like guest directors of TV shows. You'd be like, this episode of VR is directed by Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> I was just thinking, bring in Tarantino. That'd be great. Yeah. So I have think they blood have, on the track. Yeah, you know, to so have a horror director doing one, or you know, have George Lucas doing. I don't know. Terrible white. Do Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And yeah. just, I don't know, something fun. No, this is great. And let's be honest, Monaco is essentially the Ferrari of races. You know, they get a much discounted race. They have all these stupid little, uh, you know, clauses in their contract where it's like, oh, we don't have to pay you as much and we can bring our own TV crew and oh, we have to have qualifying on a Thursday, except they don't do that anymore. But it's just so silly. And like, you only get away with that if you're bringing something extra to the party. And I think these days, you know, there is another very glitzy, boring race, and that's Miami, which, you know... And Singapore. I mean, Singapore is much more exciting than Monaco, I would postulate. Yeah, and that's also a tax haven. I mean, let's face it, it's only because all the drivers bloody live there that they carry on. They don't have to go home. Yeah, so well, let's, like, well, let's, get let's, all let's, the drivers to move. Let's circulate around the tax havens. Let's go to Cayman Islands. I'd watch that. Fine. Isle of Man. Sure. Gibraltar. Gibraltar. Just up the rock and back down again. I'd pay for it. Brilliant. Shambolic organisation aside, um, well, no, actually not, because let's talk about Ferrari. Charles Leclerc was racing in his home race, which he has never finished before, not in F1, not in any series at all. Uh, But he had pole position and he had the fastest car. So this is the year he's going to smash it, right? Wrong. Tim Renler says, Ferrari are well and truly back at the top of F1, showing everyone how to grab defeat from the jaws of victory. Richard Jerome says, Ferrari are back to true form, prancing stallion pace, donkey race strategy calls. Will Bowen says, you're being a bit harsh on Ferrari strategists. It would have been so easy to win, but losing three places to get Leclerc behind Verstappen on a track like Monaco was a strategic masterclass. <sighs> we thought peak Ferrari was last uh, last race. And they once again found a way to completely stuff it up. He was, I mean, Leclerc was what? Five seconds ahead and driving away in poor conditions, and then some. It was in the bag. It was absolutely in the bag. He'd, he'd sealed the bag, put it in his car. It was already back at his apartment in Monaco, and then Ferrari took the bag, threw it off his balcony at Red Bull, landed in their swimming pool. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Because if it was in the bag, then he wouldn't have the bag. No, he's, uh, I mean, it, it never came out the bag, but he doesn't have the bag anymore. Red Bull have the wouldn't bag. wouldn't all of Monaco be in the bag? No, just the race. I mean, maybe the bag wow. has to go back to Prince Albert. I feel like we're digressing. The, 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 the focus here is Ferrari, not the bag. Yes, it was Ferrari's strategy that fucked everything up. But let's not forget that there was a historic Grand Prix at Monaco last <laughs> yeah, week. Oh, yes. And Charles Leclerc was driving an old Ferrari and he crashed that. <laughs> He's he got it out the way. Race, yeah. It was strategic. He got it out the way. He's like, I'm not going to crash this weekend. I'm going to crash now, and then it's done. Fate can't interrupt. He's obviously pissed someone off in Monaco. and <laughs> I mean, this is actually the best he's ever done in Monaco, because he did finish the race. There you go. He finished fourth. Yeah. Oh, celebrate. <laughs> Sainz 
didn't listen to the team and came second. No, so, he didn't, did he? He had a big old so, Barney. I do like it when the team come on and say, uh, right, uh, this is strategy we're going to pit for uh, pit for intermediates. And they go, are you sure? Because I think we should stay out and then maybe pit later for some flicks. And they go, hold on. Yes, okay, we're going to do that. There are some jobs, especially in Formula One, but in life in general, where I think I couldn't do that job. Like, A, Formula One driver, I've finally accepted <laughs> it might not happen for me. Um, B, being like on telly saying, okay, you're going to pit this lap, and then the driver saying no, and then you've really, you've really got to be strong to say, uh, I think you will, mate, because... Oh, have you got that wrong? Yeah, and, he ha- and as it turned out, yes, he had got it wrong. Exactly. And and I did hear some people saying, like, okay, Sainz wasn't as fast as Leclerc, and he's not as good a driver, but he did have the balls to say to Ferrari, no, that's a shit idea, I'm not doing it. Whereas Leclerc went along with it, and look but what happened. didn't Leclerc years ago say, after a similar thing, that he wasn't going to stop, he was going to direct the race from the car more? He was getting mm. very angry about it, saying, oh, I'm not going to listen to Ferrari anymore. And this week he listened to them, there's the rule. Never um, trust your race engineer. It's the number one rule of teamwork yeah. is don't listen Be- to the team. Beat your teammate. Hate everybody. and think they're sure. all absolute idiots. They're all <laughs> against you. You need to, you know, you've got to look out for number one. To finish first, first you've... Okay, that's not going to work, but... It's in the bag. Point is, Ferrari are dicking it around. That's why they're not going to win either title this year. I'm saying it now. Even though they've got the fastest car and Leclerc is the fastest driver, they're going to fuck it up. Yeah. And they deserve it. Yes. As in, they deserve it to fuck up. How long is it now since they've won a title? So it's 2007 was the last one, wasn't it, with Kimi? They haven't won a team championship since then. Yeah. So that's quite a lot of years. 15 years? And yet somehow they're still the biggest team in F1. Don't understand it. I think they're a bit like Monaco itself, aren't they? They're just like, they've got so much tradition... They're, attached to them that we kind of we just accept that that's the way it is even mm. though it's shit and boring although in fairness to Ferrari they're not boring they yeah the shit they're yeah. like they're like boiled carrots <laughs> do go on well you know if you have a if you have a roast dinner and it's got boiled carrots you think well this is tradition but we all know that steamed carrots are better yes and I'm saying <laughs> that Ferrari should get steamed you mean drunk? <laughs> I don't know what I mean. <laughs> they might do better. I just think they've got to do things differently. They've got to... F- Look, the only time Ferrari have ever won is when Ross Braun and Jean Tot came in and bl- bloody fired everyone and said, we're, we're not going to run this like an Italian team. And they went, oh, tradition, tradition. Oh, seven world championships or whatever they got. And then <laughs> as soon as Schumacher and everyone left, they went, okay, well, we'll... Obviously, Ferrari won because of all the Italianness of the team. And then they went Italian again. They've been shit for years. And now they're just, they, they're so close and they've gone so, I mean, this sounds xenophobic, but Italians are rubbish. Mm. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes. No. Yeah. I, I, it, it's hard uh, to argue on the evidence purely Exactly. If we're using this data set. And Alfa Romeo. And the war. And, and Fiat. And the war. <laughs> <laughs> In other news, 
Did we just endure the last Monaco Grand Prix? Having been on the calendar since F1 began and with more than 20 years racing on the streets before then, the race is now out of contract. Sounds like there'll probably be at least a one-year extension for 2023, but with a load of new races on the calendar and Monaco being fairly pernickety, as discussed, with its demands from F1, will the bosses want to keep it? And do the fans want to see it stay? Well, I think we've been through this in some detail. No, get rid of it. I saw Maybe keep it as a novelty event. There was a banner up at the race that said, like, Monaco Grand Prix since 1929 or whatever it said. And I'm just like, don't let them get to 100. They don't fucking deserve it. (laughs) (laughs) Just give them another, like, five-year extension and that's it. So they'll always be stuck on 99. That would be the best way to to attack people like the people in charge of Monaco who think they're better than everyone because they live in a tax haven which the closest airport is actually like Ryanair Nice airport so like don't pretend it's that posh mm. everyone goes to everyone gets a Ryanair flight to Nice it's, it's, it's bollocks I don't think there's enough room there for a for an airport is there in Monaco it's pretty small I've never been but it's pretty tiny I think my nan and granddad went when I was a kid and I was very excited because they drove around the tra- they they told me oh we thought you'd like it Terry because we like we drove around the track and I got really angry with them because I like, kind of said well did you go around the whole track and they went, well no because one bit you can't go that way because it's a real street so you've got to go the wrong way and I had a tantrum I was like what's the point <laughs> in going there if you're not going to go the wrong way down a one way street for me they're dead who now. are they driving for um <laughs> Van Wall what would they be driving for probably Asda didn't know they delivered that far. That's a really great service. Yeah, oh. tip the fucking driver though. <laughs> no, get rid of it. Anyway, is the point of all this? I don't want to see it back. Yeah, I feel. Who's with me? Yeah, I feel like we're just keeping it on the calendar so that like some people who like wearing diamonds and tight white trousers can carry on having parties. Like by all, do you know what Hello. I mean? Do you know what? Well, right. But like by all <laughs> means, you do you, hun. But just like have a party. Don't waste my weekend making me stay in having to watch a shit race. That's how I feel. Genuinely, I think that's I think that is the way forward. Yeah. You know you have these like demo you know the teams do these demo events when they send, I don't know, Vitali Petrov off to Johannesburg to drive a car around the town centre and everyone goes, Way F one. It's not a race, it's not a thing, it's yeah. not even televised. Something between that and an actual race would be great for Monaco. Like a non championship thing where you go and have a time trial and it's like maybe invite a few of the you know, a few of the greats back to have a go in one of the new cars, maybe get some of the old cars so we can see how all the differences between, you know, the old cars and the new cars. Mix it up with the historique thing about, you know, just keep keep it for tradition and keep it for seeing the cars go through the streets because that is quite cool. But the racing's bollocks. Yeah, the, Ditch it. the racing is complete bollocks because that top three, right, were all within, what, like a second of a, a second and a half of each other. Look, that was in fourth, about 2.5 back. That never happens, right? That's such a close top four. In On any other track, like, that would have been wicked high-octane racing, right? But Monaco, yeah. no. And the oh, commentators no, were trying... The comment- yeah. Great, cool. The but, commentators were trying to make it exciting. It's like, he's right behind him. Yeah, it's like, like we know Monaco. because they've been... going to get past yeah. him. But isn't it exciting, not not to be in Monaco's favour, but isn't it actually exciting that they can drive around a track with barriers that close and it's so hard? Yes. And yes. we don't need overtakes all the time. We just need one. If Carlos Sainz had, no, but we need if Carlos Sainz had overtaken and won the race, that would have been exciting, only because it's impossible. That's a bit like saying if, if Metal 
bent. I can't think of anything today. Like, metal <laughs> bent. Metal bent. <laughs> I mean, that would be exciting if metal bent. I was bent, trying to think I'd of something like, oh, else shit. similarly impossible. And all I could think of was metal bending, which is which it quite often <laughs> entirely does. Possible. It's entirely possible. Happens every day. That's like Paul Ricard. I, I, I'm, yes, you have a point. You're like, it shouldn't be like touring cars where you have, or, you know, IndyCar where you have 15 overtakes per lap. But it's got to be at least some way possible. Like one overtake a race or whatever it was of this year is not exciting to the point where it's like 99% nothing's going to happen. That's not exciting enough. There's a spectrum and it needs to be further along the spectrum. It hit the two-hour mark though. That's always fun, isn't it? (sighs) Who likes spending money? F1 teams, that's who. They love throwing cash around like rappers at Waitrose, but that is increasingly difficult in 2022 because of the new cost cap. Rather than the unlimited profligate spending of old, teams are now expected to rein things into just a cool $140 million a year, which is basically nothing. Uh, And at least two teams are saying they're going to spend more this year. So just seven races into a 22-race season. Phil, what is going on here? This is silliness. Mm. This is prime F1 silliness as far as I'm concerned. And this is going to be a lot more opinion-based than fact-based. But essentially, primarily Red Bull and Ferrari are saying, oh, inflation, We've, we agreed to this cost cap, but it's cost, oh, it's, everything's expensive and we're going to spend more than that. And we, don't, we want the cost cap to come higher. Some other teams are going, no, it's fine. We, you know, we've managed. It's the same for everyone. We've known about it for ages. We've planned things. Uh, so that we're not going to spend more than 140 million. But Dominicali and particularly Christian Horner have said, "Oh, and we might have to miss some races uh, because you know we're going to run out of money." To which the natural great reaction surely is, "Well, stop spending so much then." No, I think that's great. I think they should they should miss races. That would be a that would be an amazing <laughs> championship if Max Verstappen's three races in the lead and he just goes, "Oh, we can't do the next three because we've run out of." Metal to bend. What's happening to me tonight? <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, you know, you've got you, you you do your budgeting, but your budget's got to be adjusted as and when you go. You know, essentially, you've got the funds to get to the races, build a car, fine, and then let's most of the rest of the money goes into upgrades, making the car go faster, trying to battle with everybody else as the season comes along, because there's upgrades. Let's face it, pretty much every race. That's that's the aim of the cost cap. It's like you you all have the same maximum amount of money you can spend. Who can be the best with it? You know, if you can't, if it gets to the point where you can't go to several races, then you fucked it. <laughs> Sorry, that's the end of it. You know, bring fewer upgrades. Be clever with your upgrades. Get your drivers not to crash so it costs you a fortune to fix it. I don't understand why anyone's even entertaining this idea. It's the same for every team. It's still a level playing field. It's not like it's unfair. It just means, okay, we can't spend as much on upgrades as we want to do because of inflation. Fine, that's the way it is. So I, I heard a thing on the news the other day that fascinated me, that for planes and airlines, um, Ryanair hedged or bought or something, I didn't really understand, but they basically bought all their fuel at the start of the year and now that fuel prices have gone up, they've got they're just sitting on all this fuel that they had for cheap, nice. whereas all the other places it's are like, going. Well, the fuck, that's a lot of money. We can't. We're going to put prices up. It's like fixed price service plans. So I think that it should be the same. I, I reckon what we should have happened is like Williams or someone should have been really canny and just like bought a bunch of stuff up at the start of the year, and then when Red Bull panic, they start. They can go. <laughs> well, you know. We can, uh, I can sell you a front wing if you like, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Get one for cheap. Want a bit of carbon fibre out the yeah. uh, my Mac. Or, you know, um, or just do it like a loan shark. And they just kind of, what if, that's it. 
they lend Red Bull the money, but then next year they get it back with interest, and they're like, "Oh, it'd be a shame if something else happened to your little factory, wouldn't it? It'd be a shame if someone was to piss in that pool, wouldn't it, Christian?" Some bloke with an FIA armband comes on, just smashes up the Red Bull in Park Fair. I did see somebody suggest, and I apologise, I can't remember if it was on one of our social media or a comment on something else, but I'm going to nick it anyway. Somebody suggested that they should be allowed to have extra money, but then they have to give that money to the bottom team. So, like, they get an extra 20 million, but then they have to give Williams half of it or something like that. I was like, fine. I think that's that's a, a nice way of doing it. Basically, no, not fine. What am I talking about? No. The, the cost cap is the cost cap. It's a cap. The costs are capped. The clue's in the name. Fuck you, Christian. Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at for F1's sake or find us on Facebook where we're for F1's sake or email us at wrong at ff1s.com. Alternatively, if you think we're right, then why not buy us a beer? That's what this cool dude did he do. Thanks to Joseph Moritz and a big thanks as ever to our monthly donors who include Kyle Glover and Keith Faulkner. Thank you everyone for the money. I mean, for the beer, for the beer. Did Jenny and Ralph Brynard die? Are they actually dead? <laughs> oh, God, I feel terrible. I hope not. Join them. That's ff1s.com forward slash pint, pint, pint. Sweet teams are made of this. Who am I to disagree? <laughs> Travel the world and the seven seas. Everybody's looking for something. I think we should end there. That was good. Red Bull. Sergio Perez crashed in qualifying, ruining Verstappen's fast lap and therefore putting him in a prime position to win the race when the Ferraris inevitably Ferraried. Should there be an IndyCar-style deleted lap rule if you crash? I don't think so, no. I think if you've done the lap, you've done the lap. I think if you've obviously then tried to Schumacher somebody, as he did a few years ago at Monaco, then you get a penalty and all that... But, but what if you've done the lap? That's fine. And you do your next lap and you crash, and then the people behind you can't do their lap because you're an idiot and you've crashed, you selfish bastard. Well, it, I think it comes down to whether it's deliberate or not. I don't know if you should. Yeah. <coughs> but of, can you ever really improve tr- someone's intentions? Do you know what I mean? Well, I think with the data and blah, 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 blah. I think blah, when they probably. bring in the mind sensors. But, I mean, that's just, that should be the best thing. They've put in, like, thermometers in gloves so we can tell the driver's temperature and heart rate. They should have, like, frontal lobe, like, lobotomy things in their brain. They should have well, a they lobotomy. Should have a th- <laughs> they should have, like, a... I was just going to suggest, like, a five-place penalty. <laughs> yeah, it's or quite drastic, mate. I think Alonso had a lobotomy <laughs> after this one. But, um... <laughs> No, I think if we can get if we can read the drivers' minds and then that can become a monographic. So instead of like the radio broadcast, it says, "Oh, I'm going to crash this fucking car here," or "I'm just yeah. thinking of metal bending." This mind read is brought to you by AWS. I mean, it could work. It could all work. All right, I think I think they should delete the. I think they should delete the time. If you See, don't, I think that will do just the, bring even less excitement if you don't to Monaco. Do the time, delete the time. If you do the crime, don't delete the time. Do delete, do delete the time it. if you do the crime. This is all about, um, okay. was it Bertrand Gasho? Was he the one that pepper sprayed a taxi driver? <laughs> is, he, uh, <laughs> is 
seems like the kind of thing you'd do in yeah. Monaco as well. So maybe they should bring that. They want tradition in Monaco. If you do the crime, Bertrand Gachot pepper Was it JJ Leto? I can't remember. It was one of the. It was Bertrand. No, it was Bertrand Gachot. Or because it was because because it was him that him going to prison that gave Schumacher his break. Was it Aww, not? I love a happy ending. <laughs> well, that's a different story. Oh. What, what did you guys make of Verstappen's race? Because I think he quite cleverly... Okay, so I'm going to... Let's just preface this. I know you, you're you not the biggest fans of Max, right? Oh, I, I wouldn't say I, that. I adore... I How mean, listen, I've, I've listened to this podcast before. I don't think you're his biggest fans. I oh, okay. fucking adore him. Like, listen, Barcelona went into the gravel, didn't have DRS, still won by 20-odd seconds. Sorry, icon, legend. Mm-hmm. I think he was quite clever yeah. at this race. Maybe a bit against type, kind of played the long game a bit. And, you know, like, didn't mm. try to be annoying and poke his nose out, go for any big lunges, whatever, <laughs> force mistakes from other drivers. I think yeah, he was like, bank the points, it's a let's not risk finishing, not finishing the race. But I think I'm that's more, quite mature from him, you know? A, I'm more interested in, in you liking Verstappen, because I've, I've never met a real one of you before. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, do, we do exist. So... He's a good driver. Sure. He's a good driver, right? Yeah. He's an absolutely phenomenal driver. He's brilliant. But... Good. Phenomenal is the word I was looking for. But, I was going to push you on that one. Can you okay. separate that from him being such a fucking prick? <laughs> like, do you not look at him and just think prick? <laughs> I honestly, I don't know what it is, and I'm actually not going to try and explain myself. But that the man can do no wrong in my eyes. Like, wow. I, I it, wow. the grit, the grit that he has. You've got grit in your eye. I think him, that's the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like that's me crying with suddenly, happiness. Suddenly, how much I adore Trumpism him. is so so explained now. <laughs> I get, I get why people voted for Brexit. Okay. Um, it is like... Well, see, my point is, in fairness to your point, he wasn't particularly prickish this weekend that I can think of. I can't, off the top of my head, think of anything particularly bellendy that he did. But he wasn't very good but no, this weekend. It's not like, even relatively, a, he was way behind Perez all weekend. So maybe his performance is inversely proportional to mm, how much of a twat But it's not been. about this weekend. It's about... I don't mean his driving style. He's being a prick in the car. I mean, we all know that's true. Surely we know he's a prick in the car. Yeah, that's that's definite. He is. But I just mean... Yeah, but but funny on the radio, though. Makes for good statement, though, doesn't it? But then when you see him being interviewed... With his stupid face, don't you just doesn't it have some kind of visceral reaction, or is that just me? Because I just presume that everyone else thinks what a prick as soon as they see him, like I do. Would you would you feel better about him if you just heard him on a podcast, for example? Because then you don't have to look at his stupid prick face. Was that aimed at me? I mean, I'm no, I'm just I'm just throwing First it out there. The you. great, just you know, wondering. That's one of our reviews on iTunes, I think. No, I don't know. It's weird. It's just occurred to me, is Anushka a Dutch name? Polish. Yeah. Oh, that's, it's yes. not far away from the Netherlands, not, though, is it? Not I think far. we're starting to understand. Yeah, there you go. It might yeah. be that. There's something deeply visceral go. inside me. Okay. It's a continental Europe thing. <laughs> Ferrari. Charles Leclerc is from Monaco. He lives in Monaco. He speaks monocoque and has so much bad luck here, you'd think he'd take the hint and fucking move. After a stop for intermediates, another for slicks, and then another because he had to pop to the shop to buy some milk, was it another Ferrari strategy blunder? Yes. It was another in the latest line of top-quality Ferrari fuck-ups. I mean... Um, Which I think we're going to be seeing a lot of this season, because I think, as we discussed in the previous episode, they are in the unusual position of having quite a good car and being put under pressure to actually do quite well, and they they can't deal with it. 
They're just like, uh, don't pit, no, don't pit, shit, ah, science, what are you doing? No. Well, pressure is an interesting one because it seems to be now widely accepted that in the kind of Mercedes proper dominant years, you know, the kind of Rosberg years where they were 20 seconds ahead of everyone, <laughs> they would often make like clanging mistakes in pit stops and things, but because they had like a six minute lead, they could just basically go out, change the, t- change the tires one at a time with one bloke while the rest of them were all pissed in the garage and still they'd win the race. And it feels like Ferrari are unfortunate in the fact that if they do a fuck up, other teams will win because they're fastest, but they're not that much fastest. And they haven't earned the right to fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, you, you just... I'm no, I know that I'm the epitome of an armchair fan that would just sit there and go, you've done that wrong, mate. But Jesus, that was obvious, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Yeah. What if we were to do lots of pit stops <laughs> instead of one pit stop? Uh, what do you mean it didn't work? Although I, yeah, it was, I, I did it, love Charlotte Clerk coming on the radio at the end going, I have no words, and they went on to talk for ages. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come on, mate. <laughs> Did you see? Did you see the overlay? Uh, I, I don't think this was broadcast, but I saw it on YouTube afterwards of his reaction where they called him into the pits and then said, "Oh, stay out!" and he was already in. And they overlaid his uncensored uh, radio reaction with the in-camera, uh, the in-car camera, which was basically going, "What the fuck are you doing?" And you just see a gloved hand coming up towards <laughs> the helmet cam, like the, the Italians are like, "What are you doing, you wankers?" It was very good, and they should have broadcast more of that. That should be an extra point. It might that you get you get a point for fastest lap, but you get a point for the most aggressive swearing. Oh, that yeah. would be good. Well, the most creative swearing. I, mean, I think that. I think then suddenly, you know, we'd be quite hot property in the F1 market. I think they could bring us That's in as consultants. <laughs> also, also, Carlos Sainz was there. Um, so that was good I mean he did very well Carlos didn't he bless him did he I mean he probably should have won it except he came out of the pits and got stuck behind yeah, but I think that was his fault he, no it wasn't his yeah, fault was, once again it wasn't his fault it was Ferrari putting him out at the wrong time I mean that's surely the number one rule of pit stop strategy is A don't do more than you need to but B time it so you put them out in a gap like not behind the slowest car on the grid which is apparently what they did yeah, I mean, obviously there's another, but you know, he got second place. He should have won. Like he could go for a win at some they point at the end. One but two. There should have been a Ferrari. Yeah, it should have been. Yeah, it should have been a one-two. But Carlos Sainz is the the only person in Ferrari this weekend that's actually done them proud. I think Charles Leclerc didn't because he still got no, because he still got the two. <laughs> but Charles, Charles Leclerc didn't do anything wrong. Like apart from maybe he did. He, he did a race in Monaco. That's always <laughs> wrong. <laughs> And he didn't tell his team to knob off. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Mercedes. Hamilton spent most of the race staring at the back of Alonso's car in another Grand Prix where George Russell's luck was slightly brighter. What is going on with Lewis? That's a big question. That's a podcast in itself, isn't it? That is a big question. We're not shying away from the big questions, but we aren't going to answer them well. (laughs) Um, I think that Hamilton is not having an amazing season which is putting it mildly but it's <clears throat> but it's being he's also been very unlucky mm. i think he's sort of to, to an extent he's putting himself at a slight disadvantage by making tiny little mistakes for example this weekend not getting in q3 an absolute banger of a of a banker lap in and then when he was on a really good lap the red flag came out and he couldn't finish it and then he finished, you know, therefore he qualified where he qualified and he finished where he finished because you can't overtake in Monaco. 
but it's 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 ended up in several races now costing him much more than it's necess- than it necessarily deserves to i think but he is still making these little mistakes that maybe again to your point terry he like when the mercedes was super good maybe he was making these little mistakes and nobody noticed because he was so far ahead and i'm not mm-hmm. for a minute saying oh he's a shit driver like you know like the internet does but he does seem to be making these tiny little mistakes that come back tenfold on him and russell isn't what? Or is getting, and but Russell's also getting the rub of the green as well. What do you think his multiple world champion ego is feeling at the moment? Do you think he's like absolutely fucking fearing, furious that he's at the back, or is he like, no, this is yeah, probably this, yeah, but he's also like, oh, I like a challenge, and he can be quite zen and sort of takes on that sort of. But do you know what I mean? I I mean I I wonder if like you know the last race he was just like going oh let's just not bother. <laughs> guys let's just go home and I just wonder if he's doing that with the year like he's just is he being very pragmatic and just be like right I'm going to win next year but this year can fuck off so is he is he developing next year's car already is that what you're saying he's developing next year's Lewis Hamilton (laughs) which oh god is he going to be Lewis Hamilton 2.0 and he's going to turn into Valtteri Bottas and oh, every year, Russell will just stomp him again. Oh, no. no I, do you know, I, I, what I think actually will happen is that we'll, we'll do all this talk for months and months on end about how shit he is. And then at the end of the season, he'll win like six races on the trot. And we'll just be like, oh, oh, he's quite good, isn't he? I mean, he is quite good. Let's, he's quite good. He's I mean, quite good. History has taught us anything. It's that Lewis Hamilton is quite a good racing driver. And I don't but think that's suddenly used gone. But used to be a prick like Verstappen. Yeah. A little bit. Which implies... Not as much in, of a prick as Verstappen, I don't think. Not as much as a prick as Verstappen, but it does imply that in 10 years I might like Verstappen. But that new guy, prick. Whoever that new driver is. <laughs> what a prick. heals all wounds, because you quite like Vettel now. And we certainly didn't use... I like Vettel. Him. I even like Alonso. Kimmy? Senna's warming on me. <laughs> <laughs> McLaren, in 2018, Daniel Cardo jumped to the Red Bull swimming pool after his spectacular win. In 2022, in the dead of night, he tried the same stunt with a load of stones in his pockets. <laughs> Are things really that bad for Danny Dick? <laughs> Danny Dick. <laughs> yes. I think Danny Dick's on the way out. <laughs> he absolutely is. Didn't we also discuss this last week? We're just going to recycle last week's show. Why not? Yes. No, no, but yes, but I'm here this time. shit again. So. <laughs> And he's been shit again. Like, we wouldn't be talking about it if he'd come third at Monaco, but he didn't. He finished fucking 13th. Unlucky for some, Danny. <laughs> oh, just... Look, there's been... The reason I, I think we should talk about it this week is because there's been lots of talk that he... So he's supposed to be signed for next year as well. But suddenly the team and him are being a little bit less sure yeah. about whether he's signed for next year. And there's a couple of things in the contract. Like... Because he's so thick, he probably just signed whatever they put in front of him. But there's a clause in the contract saying, we can fire you if you're shit. And he's like, oh, mate, I'll never be shit. I'm Danny Ricciardo. It's like, no, fuck off. So I think I think he's going to go. I think he's going to go this year. Do you think he's going to go before the end of the season? Because somebody asked us this on Twitter and I replied saying, no, I don't. I think I think he'll get to the end of the year, but then he won't, he won't drive again. I think either he'll I... choose to leave McLaren or they'll get rid of him. And, and who else would want him? Yeah, well, if if he leaves McLaren now, where's he going to go? Like, is there's no, I mean, who would Williams? I mean, why would Williams take him? Like, Albon's pretty decent, and he's driving well. Latifi's got a load of money, and if for some reason his money doesn't carry on, then they've got Nick De Vries. I think this is the thing though. He's, no, he's, I mean, he's got the entertainment factor. 
Like, I adore him. I want to be... Enough, yeah, though? well, this is the thing. I want to be his best mate. Like, I want to do shoeies with him and then probably get my biceps out. But if, but if he didn't have a personality, would he have had a drive all these years? I think no. Like, his personality well, has carried him a lot. If you actually look at the data... When he was... When he was yeah, but when he was a young Red Bull driver, he oh, was yeah. good. Like, Bloody he, brilliant. he was close to Verstappen yeah, yeah, yeah. as anybody else. Yeah. He drove really well. You know, he's done shit at a track here that he's won at before. Like, he, he it's not like he doesn't know how to drive, uh, except it is now. It yeah. is that. Exactly that. Yeah. I don't. I honestly don't know what's going on. I can only assume that, as we've previously said, like he just happened to come into Red Bull at a time when, and, and Toro Rosso before that, at a time when the car exactly suited the way that he likes to drive. And now, because he's not particularly engineeringly minded, or you know, minded, um, <laughs> he he just can't. <laughs> he just can't adapt. It would seem. That and suddenly, his bouncy personality seems much less charming. Like doesn't tragic. it? Like tragic. Like when he's when he, oh, I'm gonna lick a I'm gonna lick a stamp and put it in the postbox, whatever he said, <laughs> and I'm gonna gonna fax this. And but now he's little, get just, ready for an email. Sad. Yeah, it's like oh, how, how does this? How do I connect? Oh, what's the what's the Wi-Fi password, mate? Uh, yeah, he's more like Pagliacci now than Ricardo. There's a niche joke that, for you out there. That joke went over my head. Yeah. Some people have got it. Alpine, Alonso gave Hamilton the caravan on a motorway treatment, then disappeared four seconds a lap quicker when he fancied it. Is this clever tactics or is someone still angry about 2007? 100% the latter. <laughs> this is Alonso being a vindictive twat and this is why nobody wants to work <laughs> with him and why he can't get in a good team. <laughs> it is pretty funny though. <laughs> I mean, what was happening? It's hilarious. because it, There's one, I saw a, a screenshot on Twitter of... Uh, you know the lap chart the lap you know where they got the little lap diagram thing and there's just two groups of cars at either end of the circuit <laughs> because Alonso was holding up half the grid I think just, yeah the stereo he, I mean, was just driving around anything, singing well it's almost like you know F1 have said to him look if you can make Monaco look bad we'll give you like 100 quid and he's like hold my beer and just I mean it does make a mockery that Fernando Alonso, two-time world champion and admittedly very good driver, can hold up seven-time world champion Lewis Hamilton without even... Yeah. He had one hand on the wheel. The other hand was like an elbow at the car, just like, hey, I'm just going to... We've seen it before. Didn't, just, wasn't this how Ricardo oh. won in 2018 or whatever it was? Like, his gearbox had broken, but he did half the race going at, like, half speed, but nobody could get past him. It's because it's Monaco. Monaco's shit. We keep saying it. Why is Monaco's nobody so listening? shit? <laughs> hate it. Look, I said before... Monaco should have stayed for as long as Sterling Moss was alive because he Monaco. seemed to love it. And as soon as he died, they should have just got rid of it. Yeah, when it was no one, I haven't heard anyone say Monaco on the coverage yeah, for like six years. So All right, it's gone, dead to me. Alpha Tauri. Thanks to a series of calamitous decisions, Gasly didn't make it out of Q1, and it didn't really matter as both cars got stuck in traffic throughout the race. Was there any point, guys? I mean, the Gasly Gasly's drive on whatever tyres he was on was the most entertaining bit of the race, I think. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, okay. He actually I'll give, I'll give did some that. overtakes. That was... And, I mean, I don't think you can ask for much more at Monaco than that. It still didn't get him any points, obviously. Um, but, you know, he did all right. Well done to him. Look, it must be hard enough to be stuck in Monaco when you like, got two points. Like, you're going around in eighth place or something. But when you must be going around in 16th or 17th, you must really just be thinking, why, why am I here? <laughs> What's the point in all this? He's not... I wanted to be a lumberjack. (laughs) (laughs) 
Aston Martin, Vettel did well to get into Q3, but there really wasn't much else he could do in the race. He did have a little off, though. When was the last time he kept it on track for a whole race? That's a very good question. I know, that's why I asked it, Terry. Uh, well done, mm. you. That's good. Mm. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I don't think... It does feel like he goes off in every race, at least a, at least a little bit. Maybe he's, maybe he's never done a race where he hasn't gone off. Not since he's left Red Bull. Maybe Italy 2008, when he won his first race for... Tori Rosso, maybe it was the last time. God, that's a long time ago, isn't it? I remember age crisis. Remember, he was really little. That's why I shouldn't let fucking he kids was. drive cars. It's Mark Webber. God, I forgot about Mark Webber. I always get Mark Webber and Daniel Ricciardo mixed up sometimes. Do you know that? Do you ever do that? Only one of them is thick as mints. My favourite thing about Mark Webber is that he... Because he was like quite tall for a racing driver, so he had to really lose weight to fit before they used to do like minimum weight including the driver and if you look at if you look at Mark Webber on the coverage now and then look at a clip of him racing he looks skeletal <laughs> it's just like you're like Jesus Christ what is this footage I'm watching is this from some kind of oh I won't say that <laughs> anyway uh... <laughs> don't even want to know where that was going but it's just as well we're not going there um, uh, yeah Fettel you know Fettel was I mean fine I guess you got a point for Fettel these days that's pretty good for Aston Martin these days that's pretty good Stroll was Stroll had a pretty shit weekend, didn't he? Did he crash? I feel like he crashed. I always like looking back at when big teams come into a Formula One, or when a team makes a big announcement. They kind of go like, "We've we're now Aston Martin, and Aston Martin's got the heritage of blah, blah, James Bond bullshit." Blah 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 blah. We're going to be, blah. and then cut to like the next year, and they're like tenth and fourteenth, and you're just like, "Oh come on!" Yeah, just like James Why? Bond. I don't like Lawrence Stroll, and I think he deserves a bit of hubris and a bit of being hoist by his own petard. But did the team deserve those this? other words I hear on Radio 4, I don't quite know what they mean. Do the team deserve this this bullshit that he's foisted upon them? Because they were plucky Force India, plucky racing point, pulling great results well, out of they nothing. Were, they were plucky Force India that were about to go plucking bust and so now it was either no job or work with this <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> and there's a cost of living crisis. <laughs> Alfa Romeo, Shoganyu was one of lots of drivers knackered by the red flag in Q1 and started plum last. He then nearly had a massive accident while trying to overtake Sonoda and got overtaken by Latifi. Battery Bottas, on the other hand, showed his ass at the back half of the field to finish ninth. He also gave a picture of his ass to Lewis Hamilton. Is that weird? Feels weird. It was a bit weird. Did you see this? Did he what? Weird. It was a clip oh. during the sort of the build-up before the race. There was a clip of. Hamilton coming to see Bottas either in the the Alpha, uh, presuming the Alpha hospitality. And they went, hello mate, how are you? And then, you know that picture from a week or so ago that he put on Instagram of him swimming naked in a stream somewhere in Colorado. Oh yeah. <clears throat> he had a print of that, like a proper framed print, and he presented it to Hamilton as if it was some sort of great thing. And Hamilton went, oh, okay. <laughs> Well, he probably had a weird look because if, if he gave it to him that way, Hamilton could probably see what was on the back. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit. Apparently, they were they were raffling some of them off for charity or something. So he probably can't mock it too much. But this never stopped us before. So um, yeah, it's a bit weird. It's like I'm not your teammate anymore. Here's a picture of my ass. It does seem quite low effort if you're doing something for charity to print out a picture that was on your Instagram two weeks ago. <laughs> I'd rather Valtteri Bottas just put his hand in his pocket, to be honest. What? It just oh, was, I, I mean, if you said to me, if you said to me, Terry, I'm doing a, I'm doing a charity thing, could you donate something? And I just pressed Control-P on an Instagram post. You'd be like, oh, 
Yeah, kind of like drawn a picture or donated an old helmet or yeah. Yeah. No, when when you put it like that, I haven't haven't got any old helmets. Or or done a a specific nude photo shoot, which I think is what we all really want from Voltry Potas, isn't it? Just me. I think. What was that film when they all did the women's calendar girls naked pictures? Calendar girls. Calendar girls. Yeah. We want a Formula One version of that. No, because then you'll have fucking that Christian Horner picture again from fifteen years ago, whenever it was. Why don't we get a calendar of all Formula One drivers' mums? Even Alex Albans? <laughs> Not Alex Albans, excuse me. Hass. Hass. Not finished. <laughs> finished. <laughs> Thank you so kindly. Mick Schumacher's car broke so easily when he spooned it into the barriers at the swimming pool. We haven't seen a car split in half like that since, um, well, another Haas when Grosjean spooned it into the barriers in Bahrain. Add another broken Schumacher car to Kevin Magnussen's knackered engine and it was a crappy weekend for Haas with neither car finishing. What's going wrong for them? There is no Everything. way. Oh, Wait. Go, go, sorry. Sorry. What's going wrong for them? Everything. There is no way that Mick Schumacher's car was legal. That broke so easily that they've got to be using it for smuggling. That's got to be like a dummy car <laughs> that they went, there's no way he's going to do more than two laps anyway. We'll stuff it full of cocaine and bring it into the <laughs> port. There is no way that car broke like that was a real car. It is apparently, everyone was saying, no, no, it's supposed to do that now. After the Grosjean crash, they were like, no, it dissipates the force. It's like, yeah, well, we've seen some other crashes this year and nobody else's car has broken like that. It's only horses that break like that. That's because they're, they're held flimsy. together. They're held together with coke and <laughs> amphetamine. That's, that's why they go so fast. <laughs> uh, no, that's probably true. I, th- I don't think the lawyers will have an issue with that. Um, no, because yeah, it's true. Are, okay, yeah. Well, you know, truth is a justification for truth is a drug too. Slander. Slander. Is it? Can you fit it inside a car? <laughs> I don't know. Um, Yes, it was. It looked like quite a big accident. It wasn't as big an accident as it looked, but it sort of feels like the old school. I, I sort of like it. It's like the sparks coming up under the sky. It's like the old school crashes it used to have when you know people when got people died. Except, yeah. yeah, but they're not getting seriously injured now, so it's fine. You get all the spectacular stuff, but none of oh. the you know tragedy. Would you so be you're saying it's because sometimes if you have spectacular crashes, your initial reaction is like whoa, but then you have to be like, oh, hang on, has he been seriously hurt? I can't. I can't profess any kind of enjoyment of this so it's the equivalent but once they're not hurt you're like whoa that was mental no because you're saying it's the equivalent of like vhs effect on videos and glitches and stuff which are put on there to make things look exciting and actually the whole point no but then it just reminds you of a time that's gone and passed and we're getting old phil yeah but we don't need to be reminded about what vhs tapes look like no i remember vhs i I remember playing with the tracking I can't. I'm confused by the present. I don't want to understand what the kids are doing. I want to live in the past where everything was better. Williams. Latifi lived up to his slightly shit but rich driver in a Williams reputation. Hey there, Maldonado, with a gloriously inept crash on lap one before complaining that the car didn't steer right. And that's didn't steer correctly as opposed to didn't steer right. I think he was actually trying to steer left. Yeah, I think we found the Did it steer right? <laughs> <laughs> it was it was pretty of course it was latifi it was amazing it was beautiful i i you know you know that 
I don't know if it's such a thing anymore, but definitely in in back in the day, in Formula One magazines, you'd have these kind of te- quite bad like oil paintings you could buy of like Formula One cars and drivers and things, and it'd just be. Hang on, before I say it, Phil, have you got anything like that? Do you in, have any F1 paintings? Just want to check before I say no, it. No, no, I don't think I've got any, no. Okay, but you, see, you see them at stalls at Goodwood, yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. I would commission a painting of Latifi just pathetically slightly in the barrier. Just like, just not like a big crash, not like a, a Mick Schumacher pits everywhere crash, or not like a kind of winning in the wet thing. Just, just that, that shot of the hairpin and the car just pointing in the wrong direction, but barely touching the barrier. Just pathetic. that is a work of art. That man is a genius, and he's my favourite driver. <laughs> he's like a performance artist. Yeah, uh, that was an installation. Yeah. <laughs> how how could I possibly be in Formula One and be this shit? Question mark. Uh. <laughs> I would like a picture of that where he's just he's on full lock, but he's just gently understeering into the barrier and you see the whites of his eyes in his visor yeah I'm agree with I'll go halves on that commission okay great if anyone listening can paint a picture for us <laughs> ff1s.com forward slash paint 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 <laughs> <laughs> all of which takes us to the standings with Terry Saunders so obviously it's the Queen's Jubilee week this week so I figured if all the drivers had a street party what kind of street party would they have so, in first place, Max and his girlfriend, they throw a street party, but Joss doesn't show up. It's okay, says Nelson Piquet's daughter. You don't need his approval. Then Nelson himself shows up with a box of m and chocolates, and she says, Daddy, you came! And Max cries into his F1 championship trophy. <laughs> it's second place, Charlie Clerk. It's the best street party that existed, but he sleeps through it. Uh, in third place, he has to get permission from Christian Horner to start a little early. That's Perez. In fourth place, the party prep is amazing, but on the day, it just sort of feels flat. It's George Russell. In fifth place, he spills all the drinks. It's Carlos Sainz. In sixth place, Everyone must wear jewellery at all times. It's Lewis Hamilton's street party. In seventh place, it's cancelled due to tonsillitis, but he throws a party anyway, and it's great. It's Lando Norris. It's a naked party. It's Valtteri Bottas. Uh, Ocon lives on the same street as Hamilton. They clash. Um, Kevin Magnussen has a cocktail called Balls, but it doesn't go down well. Um, 11th place, it's just Daniel drinking alone in the street from a shoe. It's not even a party, really. It's just day-to-day life for him to pick. Um... It's really quite drunk and fun, it's Sonoda. The party starts really late, that's Alonso, so he's stuck in traffic. Um, Pierre Gasly has a whole table reserved for Red Bull management and engineers, but the table stays empty. (laughs) Being half German, like myself, the Queen comes to Vettel's party, but he falls over. Um, A nice knees up with the Williams boys, who are all venture capitalists now and never look up from their phones, that's (laughs) Alexander Albon. His daddy is richer than the Queen, but no one likes him. Lance Stroll is confused and... No one comes for Zoe Ganyu because uh, I don't know anything about him. And the constructors. Now, back in the day, I don't know if it's popular anymore, but, uh, you know, having a royal as your, um, what's the word? Like a benefactor. No, ambassador. Patron. Patron, that's the word I'm looking for. So if all the teams had a royal patron, who would they be? So... Red Bull would be Harry because he's so much fun. Oh, they love a bit of fun in Red Bull, don't they? Ferrari would be the Queen herself because she's so old. Um, Mercedes would take any of them because they're all German. McLaren, Kate, obviously, because she probably fancies noshing Norris. Um, <laughs> Alfa Romeo would be Prince Edward because no one can quite remember who he is. Um, Alpine would be, I'm running out of royals now, so the dad from the royal family. Uh, Alfa Tari would be Royal Blue. Um, Haas would be Meghan Markle because of America. Uh, Aston Martin is technically the youngest team, so Andrew. Um, 
Williams would use Prince Philip because he's dead too. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, we're not getting OBEs now, are we? <laughs> and now for the man of the match of driving. Carlos Sainz. Oh. Mm. And now it's time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. So Sergio Perez basically won the Grand Prix by crashing on Saturday and ruining at least Max Verstappen's lap, meaning that he got a pit stop preference and boom, in the lead at Monaco and a win. This happens more often than it should in F1, as one of the benefits of crashing and qualifying is the double yellows immediately behind you, meaning that everyone else has to slow down and prepare to tut. But it's not fair that this can actually give you an advantage in the race. As we discussed earlier, IndyCar has a rule that deletes such laps, but as we all know, F1 can't copy any of IndyCar's ideas because we're better than that. But don't worry, I have a solution. F1 drivers are still all men, and we all know the two things that can crush men. Shame and nostalgic films with Tom Cruise shamelessly cashing in on their childhood. I know I'm not going to watch it, I always cry at the cinema anyway. But this can be utilised by whenever this happens, all the drivers have to go into the shared locker room that I presume they all use, and the daddy of the sport, who will be called Iceman and be played by Kimi Raikkonen playing Val Kilmer, <laughs> and will have a near fight with the tiny racing driver Sergio Perez, played by and looking spooky like Tom Cruise, and all the drivers sing, you've lost that driving feeling while wearing white suits, and that's all I can fucking remember about Top Gun, apart from the guy from ER dying. And then to rub it all in, they all have to watch Days of Fucking Thunder. I like Days of Thunder. That's it from us. It's goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye. We haven't had time to talk about the real racing this weekend, which was the Indy 500, won by Marcus Ericsson, one of the finest F1 drivers, showing it to those American wannabes. So remember when Fernando Alonso did the Indy 500? We did a whole podcast on that Indy 500 because it was so special. Marcus Ericsson wins the Indy 500, <laughs> and we just mentioned him at the end. Yeah, whatever. Bye. Yeah, and frankly, it's fucking lucky that we did that. And to Terry Saunders. We haven't had time to talk about it because it's not based on from Rates for One at all. But I, for long-term listeners, today in the street bumped into the woman who dumped me on the Canary Islands. And <gasps> it was very awkward. Whoa, we should talk about that. No, we haven't got time to talk about it. It was very Oh, awkward. we must have. We should find time for it. Can She's we put with it on a new boyfriend podcast? who also has a beard and glasses. So Ooh. she has a time. Is he called Jerry? I can't remember his name. I just, I just, I was very polite, very pleased to meet you. Was it, was it like when you met Jolian Palmer? It was Jolian Palmer. I knew I recognised him. <laughs> Fucking hell! Oh, good. Whew. Whew. Well, I feel better now. <laughs> we'll be back in two weeks to discuss the Azerbaijan Grand Prix in Baku. In the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F one sake, and follow us on Twitter at for F one sake. Phil, how can listeners get 20% off and free delivery on the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped? Uh, hey, you should go to manscaped.com and use the code BALLSBALLSBALLS. And Terry, where can people buy merch? ff1s.com forward slash shop, shop, shop. Thanks for listening. See you in a fortnight. I've been Anushka Tate. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks, Anushka. Bye. Bye. Podcast Network.